Hey everybody, welcome to my podcast. My name is Fernando and this is Fernie Unfiltered, the podcast. And on this show, on this episode, we are going to do a Q&A where I'm going to answer your questions because a bunch of you submitted quite a few questions um, about what you would want to know about my my work and myself as as a person and my life, etc. So um, a bunch of you submitted questions and I want to be able to answer some of those questions for you today on this episode. So before we begin, if you've never heard of me, please go over to my website at www.fernandamarone.com where you can learn more about who I am, the work that I do, and um, you can also follow me on Instagram and on Facebook. And I'm also on Snapchat and uh, where else am I? Snapchat, and then I'm also on Twitter. So you can find me on there as well. Um, but I'm per- basically, I'm a professional psychic medium. It's my full-time job, but I'm also a spiritual teacher. So anything that I learn, anything that I am myself figuring out in life, I like to pass it on to you guys because I think that when you find something or you you, you learn about something or you, you know something that others don't typically know, you share it, right? Share it with your friends, share it with your family, share it with the world. Um, and it's your way of, of basically giving back and, and showing appreciation and gratitude for receiving the gift of information to begin with, in my opinion. So let's start with some of these questions here. These are some pretty interesting um, questions. I, they, I, You guys did not disappoint, uh, that's for sure. So I, I posted a... Um, like a, um, I, I put, I posted a, uh, what was it? Like a, like a picture on Instagram and on Facebook. Uh, and I asked you guys to submit your questions because, um, sometimes I don't know what people are wondering or what people want to ask. Um, and I'm pretty, I'm a pretty open book. I mean, I really talk about everything. I don't really hold back information for the majority for, for the most part. So I try to share as much as I can. Um, and so I'm, so open that you guys can ask me, you know, these questions and I am more than happy to answer the questions for you. So on the first, the first question, the first two questions come from Francesca Francesca Flores, Francesca Flores. Um, And she actually asks me two questions. The first one is, do you speak Spanish? And the second one is, are you happy? Um, sí, yo sí hablo español, pero mi español no es perfecto. Uh, yo aprendí cómo hablar en este uh, lenguaje por mi, um, por mi abuelita. Ella me enseñó todo. Y so yo entendí y la escuché, la oí y comencé, comencé a practicar mi español. So sí hablo español, no perfecto. Cuando me, me pongo nervioso o cuando trato de hablar muy rápido, mis palabras se confundan, pero sí hablo español. Um, and for those of you who don't know what the hell I just said, um, I basically said that I do speak Spanish. I learned how to speak Spanish by um, from my grandmother. She was actually my step-grandmother, but still my grandmother, the only grandmother that I knew. And I would hear her speaking. I mean, I remember watching the old Spanish novelas on um, on Telemundo and, and Univision. So I used to listen to those, and then I used to learn some more Spanish there. So that's how I learned most of my Spanish. It's not perfect when I get nervous, when I get um, anxious, or when I try to speak too quickly. I get really really comp uh, I get really confused with with my words and also I don't feel like I use the verbiage properly like I may not use a sentence uh, I may not use a word in a proper form um, but that's okay as long as I can communicate across what I need to say then that's all that matters 
Um, am I happy? I, I think so. I think I'm, I'm pretty happy. I really have a lot to be grateful for in my life right now because I'm, I'm at a place and it's taken me a long time to get here. I've actually been working at this for years and years and years. For those of you who think that you can achieve your dream, your dreams overnight, sometimes that happens. It didn't happen for me. My, my path to achieving success took several years and, and a lot of effort, but I'm at a place in my life right now where I have a lot of freedoms that I didn't have before, you know, because I'm able to do this full time because this is my business. I have full control of my schedule. Now, granted, I, I have set times for when I see clients or when I'm dealing with clients. Um, and so those are specific dates and times of, of the week that I have uh, set up for clients. But when I'm not working one on one with client work, I also, you know, have to work on my content, I have to work on reaching those on social media, I am always creating content, whether it's videos, whether it's podcasts, um, I'm always posting stuff on Instagram and on Facebook and uh, just to inspire people to give them some information that might help them a little bit more. So I'm, I'm constantly working on stuff, um, even when I'm not working with clients. So I, that gives me a lot of freedom, though, because even though I am in control of my schedule, it's not like I'm working 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I still give myself plenty of downtime to just enjoy my life. I mean, I didn't go through all of this transitioning over from working at Starbucks full time to doing this full time, being able to support myself um, and be and, and, and not enjoy the process. So I think I've gotten a lot, a lot of liberties from this. I get an extra day off each week, week, which makes me happy. So instead of working, um, you know, like five days and then only having two days off, I only work uh, four days and I have three days off. Um, and the days that I work are doing things that I enjoy doing for the most part. So um, it's it's something that I'm grateful for. And, it, and I think it, it allows me to really enjoy my life more often. And sometimes if I want to just lay on the couch and be lazy for the day, I give myself permission to do that because I feel like I've earned it. Um, but sometimes like last week, Ed and I, we were outside pulling weeds and we spent several hours pulling weeds in the sun, listening to jazz music. I loved it. I actually enjoyed it. Um, so that's an enjoyable experience as well. And you know, I I have I'm in a position now where I don't have to stress too much about money. I still worry about bills. I still worry about, you know, you know, expenses, etc. But it's not like I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I can, you know, if something happens um, and I don't make the money that I'm used to making, then I have some backup, right? So in case something goes wrong, then I can, you know, dive into that backup. But um, I still have to watch my finances just like everybody else. And I'm, I'm a bit of a spender. So I always have to remind myself that I need to be careful with how much I spend because sometimes I'm just a compulsive buyer and I want to buy something because I like it and then I don't need it. You know, it's a, for example, the equipment that I have with all of my cameras and all of my my um my my recording equipment i think i overspent in the purchasing of a bunch of stuff that i just didn't need and it was a lot it, it could have been much simpler right it was just a simpler thing for me that i could have done so um but my relationship is good as well i have a I have a stable grounded relationship um and my partner and i we get along pretty well um if we do argue it's probably once in a blue moon um it's not that often now granted we get on each other we get on each other's nerves a lot just because we're different personalities but that's different from like, you know, arguing and having fights. We don't really do a lot of that. Um, but we do have our dis differences. We're very different people. Um, but it's still a very stable, solid relationship. And I love my partner and he loves me. So I'm, I'm pretty happy. I think I'm in a place right now where things are, are really good. 
And even if there's a bad day or there's a, there's a sad day, I mean, they're, they, they're still way outnumbered by the good days or by the days where I don't have to worry about some of the things that some people do. Um, so I, 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 I'm grateful. So I, I think I'm pretty happy. And happiness, I think, is more of a in-the-moment thing. You get to you choose whether you're going to be happy or not. And, I mean, there are stories of people who you go to some of these third-world countries, they don't have anything. I mean, they live in, they live in like, 10 houses and they have no clean water and they're happy. They're super happy because I think they're in a moment of being in the moment and appreciating what is versus worried about worrying about the future, worried about, you know, drama, worried about work and the nine to five daily grind. So, but I think I'm pretty happy. Um, Felicia Shidal, Sheed, Sheed, I think it's Shidal, Shidal, <laughs> Felicia Shidal. Um, she asked me a few questions here. Is this your passion and do you feel like it was what you were called to do in life? Yes and no. So I definitely believe that this is something I was called to do. Um, Even though I I tell people we're all psychic and we all can develop and become this, um, I do feel going back in retrospect when I look at my life's circumstances and some of the stuff that happened to me, I do feel that, you know, circumstances happened in a way that led me to do this work. And I felt compelled and called to do this work in some way or another, whether it was through my own internal um, functions, my own internal thoughts, my feelings, my desires. It just depends. Um, so I think I, I, I feel I was called to do this work and that life aligned for me to be able to, to do this. Um, but it, it isn't necessarily 100% everything I want to do in my life. It's, it's definitely a passion. I mean, I can see myself. I, I, I can spend hours and hours and hours working on the stuff that I do. And time goes by and I'm okay with time having flown by. It isn't until my partner's like, hey, are we having dinner today? Or hey, are we going to spend some time today? Until I realize maybe I've spent too much time doing this, right? So um, I I have to, it's not everything that I want to do in my life. I, there's still a lot more that I would like to achieve, like to accomplish. Um, but I feel that the majority of, it, it's, it's twofold, right? It comes down to being twofold. Because on the one hand, I am in a position right now where I'm very grateful for what I'm able to do. Because I am doing exactly what I wanted to do when I was growing up as a child, dreamed about doing. Um, and and I, I, I definitely feel I'm doing that. But in the process of that, I've also been able to fulfill a lot of my own personal goals with my personal life that I've wanted to fulfill as well. So I'm grateful for that. Now, when I look at the future and the things I want to do and want to create, a majority of, a majority of it has more to do with helping people than it does have to like making my life better. Maybe because, you know, coming from the life that I did, coming from the, 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 the poor areas of Houston and growing up on food stamps and all that stuff, I guess where I'm at now, where I'm in a position where, you know, I have a comfortable life and I don't have to worry as much about money or bills, et cetera. It allows me to really just, I'm, I'm, that in itself is something to be grateful for. I mean, I, I mean, growing up poor, those, that's what you wish for. That's what you dream for. Just to be comfortable, just to have enough so that you don't have to worry. So I'm at that place now. Um, and so I think personal ambitions, personal um goals, personal desires, I, see, I feel there's a lot less of them in me because I don't, 
I don't really have a lot much more that I really want to give myself or do I want to personally experience. Yeah, I want to travel. I want to see places in the world and all that other stuff. But a majority of the things that I'm wanting to create now or that I'm wanting to do are centering around other people, around helping others and doing for other people in a way where I can make a huge impact on the world by helping others and helping people, big Um, large amounts of people. So that's where things are going. So um, I definitely think this is a passion that is progressing, that is growing, it is developing over time. Um, And I can't wait to see what's next, you know? Um, Does it ever become draining? Yes, it definitely becomes draining. Um, I think ever, ever since I've started taking CBD oil, I'm less drained, if that makes any sense. Um, Normally on a a regular day, like even if I was just having a few clients or if I was just going to have a few appointments, I'd still be drained after the day. Um, Sometimes going for a walk will help me to align my energy and balance out and ground myself. But after every working day of working with people, I'm drained, period. And and some days more so than others. I mean, there are some days where I only have like 10, 10, 10 appointments in that day. Um, and I consider that a slow day. <laughs> 10 appointments is a slow day for me. Um, but I'm still tired, but not as tired or drained. When I have 15 appointments or 16, which have happened more and more and more often these days, um, I am so exhausted and so tired. And I can't even think of doing anything else. Of course, I have other responsibilities. I have other things that I have to do. But I'm definitely tired. That's for sure sure um so yes it can definitely be draining def- like i said l- less so with with as i begun taking cbd oil because i find myself better able to manage the anxiety and the stress on my physical body and also on my mental body with taking it so it's actually made it a lot easier to deal and to cope with things um, and it's actually helped me tremendously in maintaining my 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 um, maintaining my integrity through the end of my appointments at the end of the day. So, um, but it can be draining, that's for sure. Uh, do you ever feel like you can't relate to today's world and desire to be uh, on another frequency? No, I totally relate to today's world. Um, I mean, I can just watch an episode of The View, and I'm I'm there. I'm relating. Um, I, you know, I, fi- I find that when I meditate more and I spend more time, I spend less time watching the news or paying attention to social media and reading books that I feel um, sucked into. Um, I, I feel much more disconnected from the rest of the world than if I just do everyday things like everyday people do. Um, and like I said, when I meditate and I, I spend a lot of time meditating, I almost become... I almost become extremely passive and detached, like emotionally detached from what people are going through. That can be a good thing or that can be a bad thing. You know, the good thing about that is life is hard. Dealing with people, dealing with society, dealing with the world is, is not easy. And sometimes we need a break. And some people, most people will go on a vacation and then they think that they're getting away from, from stuff on vacation. Sometimes they go on like a social media um, vacation and I think that helps to some extent, but most people, they only go on like one week vacations. And then if that, and then they're so tired from having to do all these things on the vacation for their trip or for family or whatever, that by the time they get back to their to their jobs, they're like more tired than when they started their vacation. And then they go back and they're like, I'm just looking forward to work because this is too much crap to deal with. Um, and I'm a huge advocate for if you're going to go on a vacation, have set vacations where you have some weeks that are devoted to family events, some weeks where you're just 
more solo location or, um, or you're taking a, like a solo vacation yourself or you're just staying at home staycation. Um, that way you can actually rest and recoup from all of the work. Um, but, uh, I totally forgot the question. Let's see. What do you feel like you can't relate? Yeah. So I feel that my way, the, if I focus heavily on my spiritual practices, it definitely feels like I disconnect from, from the rest of society, from the real world. And I call it the real world because the real world to me is not what you think is real. The real world is what I accept as the mainstream reality for everyone, which is most people have nine to fives. Most people have kids, responsibilities. Most people's relationships are not easy. <laughs> um, most people are probably really fed up with all the political drama that's been going on. And most people are fighting with each other. So so that's the, that's for me the reality of, of that's the, the cultural reality or the, the world reality that we live in. But I, I, I try to stay as in touch as possible because I can't help you if I'm extremely elevated energetically and I've spent all this time like purifying my my state of being, focusing on just being my myself, meditating, etc. What good am I going to be able to do for you? Because I can't relate to you. I can't give you information that you'll be able to utilize in your life. Now, granted, there's a place and a time for that, but not to help people on a regular basis. In order for me to help people on a regular basis, if people are saying they're in a, they're in a they're stuck in a ditch and I don't even know what the ditch looks like or what it feels like, or I can't even relate to, to that at all. There's no way I can help them to climb out of it because I can't even begin to describe what they're going through. So I try to stay pretty, um, pretty aware of, of, of people's lives and of, of real, real world challenges and stuff. Um, next set of questions comes from Lisa Perez. And the question is, um, I know with connecting with our loved ones on the other side, you communicate without speaking to them, but with actions and maybe letters. I'm wondering how are you able to connect with me as an individual? Are there signs as well? When, when, first of all, when you connect with spirits, you can speak out loud. They will hear you. Because it, it, when you're speaking, you're not just making sounds with your mouth. You're also intentionally sending out a thought wave. And you're using your voice to... Uh, to amplify the sending out of that thought wave. So when you think something, you're already sending out that thought. When you're, or you're feeling something, you're sending out that energy. When you're saying something, you're basically doing the exact same thing except your mouth is moving. So there's definitely no difference between the two. You can do both. You can talk to your loved ones in spirit. They will get the message. When I communicate with an, and when I, and what she's asking is, what's the difference between um, communicating with a spirit who's departed and, and someone who's here in the world where I'm doing like a psychic reading when I am communicating. So it's, it's, I, I use two different processes for communicating with a spirit. I'm basically letting them have free reign of my thoughts of my brain. I'm like, here, here's my body. Here's my mind. Use it and just give me what you need me to share with them. And so I immediately become aware of either sensations in my body, emotions. I become aware of thoughts that usually lead to a message. So I'm letting them give me that. I'm, I'm allowing myself to be used in the process. When it comes to psychic sensing, it's less so much about being used. I'm still open to some extent, but I I'm not necessarily connecting with you as an individual. I'm I'm trying to see things from a bird's eye view because if you look at your entire life and everything that is going on and then you focus it on current present time and the next year, which I try to focus on this time. Some people think I can see their whole lives. No, hell no. I think my brain would blow up. My head would blow up after every every session. But 
Um, I focus on that person's age. Usually when I do a reading, I have a person's age, um, their name, their age, um, and whether they're male or female or whatever. But I focus it, I use their first name, I use their age, and I tune in to what is going on for this person at this age. Because I do believe that there are some things in your life that are predetermined, predestined. And so I'm kind of paying attention to some of those markers, but I'm also trying to feel my way through circumstances so that I understand what is coming up or what is the potential, what is the tendency here. So when I look at someone's life, it's less about their individual soul giving me that information. And it's more about me doing a weather report, except it's like a spiritual, it's a, it's a life report. So I'm tuning in to energy, to pieces of information, to details, to emotions and I'm having and I'm trying to make sense of all that data and then I'm trying to express it or share it with you in a way that will hopefully make sense. Um, so, and I receive information in three ways. When I do that, I see visuals in my mind, same way as when I'm doing mediumship. I feel emotions, same way as I do mediumship. And I also have my own memories resurface because there's something about the memory that corresponds to the, to, to, um, to the message or to the specific situation in that person's life. So I take that information and I try to put it together in a way that I can deliver it. That will make sense. I do make assumptions about people because I don't know everything. For some reason, people have this idea that we psychics can see everything in their lives and we know everything that is happening from moment to moment my again my brain would blow up if that were the case um and actually just by doing the readings that i do after a full day my the back of my head i feel a lot of pressures in the back of my head and also in my like pituitary gland uh pituitary the the pineal gland i can just feel that pressure there because i feel like i've overworked my muscles there my brain muscles there um but yeah it, it, it comes through in that way. It's very fragmented. It's, where it's very much pieces here and there. And I've just got to be really good at putting the puzzle pieces together or at least making trying to make sense of what it's going to look like once I get you know the missing puzzles together, which are assumptions. So that's kind of how um, the process works. But there is, um, if you ever heard of Paul Selig, Paul Selig is a channeler who he communicates specifically communicates with people who are still alive and so he connects with your living soul so you being still alive he connects with your living soul and he can bring through information that is pertinent to your person to your life right now whether that mean relationships etc so like there are people who are in relationships but they're having problems with their marriage they'll go to him and they'll get a reading done and he will put himself in the and connect with that other person's soul or spirit and begin communicating what they are what's going on with them inside and what are they struggling with etc so it's a very interesting process to see him do that because uh, uh it's just a unique process in itself but i'm um, checking out paul selig um another question is by makeup artist nelly she's a few questions here she says what is the downfall of having such a gift um, you know, people call it a gift. I call it a skill based off of, um, I guess you can call it a gift, but it's almost like some people are better at playing the piano than others. Some people are Mozart. Some people just can carry a tune. Um, I feel like I've worked really hard so I can carry some really good tunes with my abilities. Um, but the, one of the downfalls I would say, I would say there's two, there's two major downfalls in dealing with, um, 
with with having this. One is people think you're disposable, meaning that there are so many psychics out there. There are so many mediums out there nowadays, and it it isn't any unique thing. And sometimes people will treat you like a parlor get, like a parlor trick, or they'll they'll treat you like entertainment. Um, and granted, I, I hope that my content is entertaining enough that you learn something from it. I don't strictly just want to be entertaining. Um, many day, many years ago, I used to do parties and I used to go to people's houses and and uh, you know I I would do like big events, etc. And I stopped doing that because I came to the realization that at those events, people didn't take me seriously. They kind of acted like I was this like monstrous freak of a joke, um, and they really wouldn't appreciate the information. So even if I a couple of people would get something useful from it. A majority of people felt like I was just another trick at the party. So I decided that just, that's not what I wanted to focus my work on. I took myself seriously and I was going to, I was doing serious work. So no. So I, I stopped doing parties a long time ago, but people would think you're disposable. People would think that you're not a human being, that you don't have real problems, that you don't have feelings. Um, and they, they almost just want to be like, I, I've had so many friends try to befriend me just because they want to, they want to ask me questions. They want to, to have me as their personal little psychic, always asking me all the time, what, what's going on with this and what's going on with that. Now, granted for some of my friends who people who I call my friends, I mean, I have no problem giving them advice or helping them and, and answering some of their questions from time to time. But I used to have these people where they would constantly, like the only conversations we would have were, you know, Hey, Fernie, how you doing? So this is what's going on with me. And what do you see here? Like they, they would only call me just to ask so that I can answer their psychic questions. I'm like, no, 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 no. If you want to, if you want a reading, you need to book an appointment. Uh, I'm not your personal psychic and I'm not, you know, one of these machines where you can just put a coin in and I'm going to pop out your future or your fortune. So no, I don't think so. So that's one, one downfall is you have to be really picky about your friends because people want to use you. Um, another downfall is that people put you in positions where you're not allowed to be wrong and they want you to make decisions for them. Um, and it happens all the time where you see people where they have this idea that as a psychic, you're not allowed to be wrong. And I, I don't get that. I mean, weathermen make mistakes. Doctors make mistakes. Um, you know, people who are the highest spiritual people, you know, people in the, in the world make mistakes. And yet psychics aren't allowed to make mistakes. Where the hell did that come from? You know, where, where did that, where did that idea come from that we can't make mistakes? Like, are you kidding me? Like doctors and, and, and meteorologists have all this like advanced scientific technology that helps them to be right more often often um but they're still allowed to make mistakes you know they still have hey sorry but i mean i may be wrong about this so people expect me to always be right and that is annoying as hell because my job is to share what i sense and hopefully my track record will show that i do come out more often than not with advice or with information that is accurate or pretty spot on I'm going to be wrong anyways. It doesn't matter. I'm still going to be wrong. That's just, it comes with the territory. I'm okay with being wrong. I'm okay with making mistakes because I'm a human being. I'm not going to put myself on a, on a, on a pedestal or put myself on the bar that I always have to be right. But people come to me and they expect me to be right and all the time. And I have to kind of school them a little bit and say, sorry, but if you're coming into this thinking that I'm going to be hundred percent accurate, you are wasting your money because I'm not going to be hundred percent accurate. I can only tell you what I sense, what I feel based off of my comprehension of the information that I'm receiving or able to tap into. Some of it may be super detailed. Some of it may not be. 
Um, and so people have to understand that I had this one client where she had some stuff going on with work and she had asked me if I saw any changes coming up. And I told her that I, I, I told her that on February the 24th or some specific date that there was going to be, she was going to be hearing from the specific person, um, out that wasn't with her job, but it was an opportunity um, coming in and she could potentially take that opportunity. Sure enough, on February 24th, she got a call and she received an opportunity. Um, and, and I made this prediction like a month or two in advance. So um, she, she was like, oh my God. So after that, she expected me to be right every single prediction or every single time she called me. And it just, it wasn't, it wasn't going to happen. And I, I, I know she was disappointed because she had the expectation that I was going to be right every single time. And it doesn't work that way. I can't control how accurate or inaccurate I'm going to be. I can only tell you what I see and I can only get good at describing that information. So I think that's another thing is people have unrealistic expectations when they come to me for a reading, which is why I, I tell people in the beginning and I kind of school them a little bit or have to remind them this is what this is this is what this is not so you know what you're getting yourself into um but you know that's it it is what it is um number three have you ever dealt with bad spirits or demons um i have not personally dealt with like demons or really bad spirits i've dealt with some pissy humans um, I've dealt with some humans who were, did not want me in their space, but I've never really dealt with a demon or anything like that. Um, I focus my work on trying to help and, and trying to come from a place of love and light. So it actually keeps me kind of immune to dealing with lower level energy. So I don't really have to deal with them that often. I think people who are more focused on that or people who, you know, try to connect with those energies are opening themselves up to that. And it's probably going to happen more often. So the next question, let's see, I've got a question from Sandra Sato, and the question is, does your gift interfere with your relationship with your partner? Really good question. Um, not really. I actually have a pretty good relationship with my partner. Um, like I said, we get on, e- on each other's nerves um, a lot, but that's just because we... <laughs> We're so different and personalities. Um, I'm a, I'm a spiritual person. I like I'm very spiritually minded, so I focus more on having a relationship with God, and I'm very spiritual, etc. And my partner's more of an atheist, so he's more about like, well, what's the evidence, and what what's what proves this, and does that really exist? Can you prove it, or you can't prove it? So he comes more from like that mental place or that mental space, um, and so that. So, so this work, the work that I do, isn't really a topic of conversation for us, which is, and honestly, after I'm done working, I don't really want to talk about work. Like, it's, just, it's like, it's, you know, I just don't want to talk about it. Every now and then, if I have a really interesting experience or something, I hear some really um, amazing, like, feedback or someone emails me their experience after the reading, um, I will share some of that with him. Um, but I don't really talk so much about the work that I do with him just because he comes from a very different mental place and it's not for him, per se. Um, now, there have been some times where I have experiences and it is directly affecting him, especially when it's like a family member who's passed on or whatever, it it becomes a, a, it's something we talked and we share in, Um, but it doesn't really interfere with the, with, with my relationship with my partner. Now I am really sensitive. I am, I do suffer from anxiety. I do suffer from, you know, that kind of sensitivity and I do have depression that runs in our, in our family's um, DNA. So I do sometimes go through bouts of depression, but I mean, 
aside from that, which is something I think he deals with himself sometimes, he, he's a very, um, very private person. Um, he also suffers from social anxiety and from anxiety in general. So he's even worse sensitivity level than I am. Um, he's way more sensitive than I am. So I think I get him. I understand him. Um, and that, I think, is more of uh, an area for us that we struggle with with each other because I, I even being this sensitive, I still can go out and talk to people when I can still be with others in crowds and people, etc. He's just more like, no, 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 that's too much to do. I can't do it. So that I think would be more the sensitivity in our demeanors. But uh, no, I don't think so. I think our relationship works pretty well, even with me doing this for a living. Um, Terry, let's see, Terry Reina Perez. Hi, Fernie. Does spirit talk to you while you're just relaxing and doing nothing? Sometimes. Um, I think it's gotten a lot better over the years. Um, nowadays, whenever a spirit is reaching out or trying to communicate with me, um, they will either show up in a dream form. They'll either try to get in through a dream um, or they will like, sometimes I'm watching TV and I'm sitting on the couch and I, they'll show up, but I'm not seeing like a physical, like apparition of a person. Um, and I'm not hearing something in my physical ear. I'm actually starting to just feel something different. Like I feel a presence or sometimes I'll see little sparkly lights, uh, in the air they're like little swirly sparkly lights that show up sometimes um and those those show up more often nowadays but uh no i mean they're pretty good at respecting my space and even when they do show up i'm like no like you guys need to come back when i'm working i'm off the clock this is my time and we have an agreement i'm gonna do what i want i'm gonna do what i need to do for you guys so i will give you time and space but i will not devote my entire life to just speaking to spirit um and i made that deal with god i made that agreement um, a long time ago that I would allow myself to be used, but it, there would be limitations to how much of it I was going to do. And so those, they pretty much honor and respect those, um, my, my boundaries. Cause I'm really good at my boundaries. And like I, like I said, there are some spirits who butt in or pop in and they want to get me to help them. Um, and if I feel absolutely necessary that I have to, then I will, I will act on that. But most times I'm like, no, 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 y'all need to come back when I am working or you need to bring the person you want me to reconnect, to connect to, to me. Um, even my friends, I mean, I have a few people who have passed over the years and they would pop up and they wanted me to reach out to their family members just to share a message or something. And I was doing a lot of that. Um, but I've asked them for for some specific information or for help sometimes. And, um, sometimes they don't, they don't give me what I, what I am asking for in return. I'm like, Oh, that's not fair. How are you guys going to just pop in and expect me to drop what I'm doing to share a message with your loved ones? But I'm asking you a very simple question about something that I want to know about. And you're not helping me with that. That's not fair. And so I, I, I kind of have a little, I'm a little irked about that because I'm like, no, no, no. Like I'm not just your, your, your freaking, I'm not just your puppet guys. Like I'm also, I also have a path I'm walking myself. So we need to work together. If y'all need me, if y'all want me to, to help you. Um, there's another question here from 808 Por Vida, and it's um, the question. There's two questions actually. I was wondering, what is your opinion on tarot cards? Um, I like tarot cards. I mean, tarot cards are really beautiful. Actually, I, I love tarot cards. I used to. St I started my practice using tarot cards. So in the earlier days, I was using cards with all my readings. Um, and then after some time, I just felt like they were holding me back and keeping me from developing further. So then I just did away with it, and I started to free freehand tune in myself without using cards as a prompt. Now, tarot cards, there's two ways 
in my opinion, to use tarot cards to develop your own abilities. The first way and the first method is, and I cover this on my psychic class. If you guys check out my psychic class on my YouTube channel, I go into tarot cards and different tools that you can use. But um, the first way is to understand the deck, understand the cards, because there's like, really, I think there are hundreds and hundreds of different tarot decks out there, and they all have different symbolism, they all have different meanings, etc. So um, I suggest if you find a deck that you like, um, learn about the cards, learn about their meaning, you know, if you really are interested in tarot in a traditional sense, because what, what a tarot reader does is they will, they will use certain positions and they will pull cards, and they already know the meaning of the card, but then they also use some of their intuition to kind of go into that a little bit more in detail and applying it to that person's life and helping them make sense and understand that information. So that's one way of doing tarot, which I think is a very respect, respectable, um, respectable tool and respectable practice. I think it's great. The other way of doing tarot, which is how I did it, because I was so lazy, I did not want to sit there and read that entire book, booklet that the tarot cards would come with and read everything. So I was like, screw this. I'm just going to ma like make the meanings up as I go along. So I started using tarot cards and I didn't even pay attention to the entire card or the visual. I would just let, put the card down and whatever spoke to me is whatever spoke to me. If I saw the image of like the sun, it's usually this like little boy on or little kid on a horse riding a horse, um, the sun could mean a lot of things. The sun could mean um, a child, a birth. The sun could mean problems with a kid, with your son. A sun could mean son, father and son are having trouble. A sun could mean a, a lot of different things. Um, so it just depended. So when I put the card down, it something would pop out uh, to me something would show something would show itself something would would pop out of the image that got my attention and I would hyper fixate on something on the card and I would apply some meaning to it and so over time I got more and more and more experienced at applying meanings to different cards based off of what I was feeling in the moment and that would allow me to sense things about that person and then I'd share what I got so it just depends on how you learn to use it but I have no problem with tarot cards I think tarot cards are great um what is your opinion on on Ouija boards? Ouija boards, or there's another there's another form of Ouija boards called spirit boards, um, where you can talk to a discarnate spirit. So the practice itself is not demonic; it's not evil. I mean, this goes back to like the Middle Ages, where they had these boards that they would use to communicate with spirits, um, and usually they were used by experienced people like mediums who had spent time and energy devoting themselves to the practice and understanding like the communication um that don't have a problem with because inherently it's not a bad thing it's not an evil thing however a majority of people who use ouija boards don't know what the hell they're doing they don't know what the hell is going on and quite frankly they don't even know who they're contacting they're just opening themselves up to random communication with anyone that's out there because they want a quick little like oh my god we got something or, oh my god this so they're looking for a spook and so they just are opening themselves up to whatever the problem is that when you open yourself up to whatever usually people are in a place of fear when they do these games so they are aligning with fear-based energies so you're going to try lower level energies and then that's when people start to get into into issues i actually go into this in great detail with my younger sister she um she took a ouija board to the cemetery and then after that all kinds of shit started happening um so i would highly suggest you check that out again that is in my um my ch my my youtube channel the class the free class that i have there um if you go to my youtube channel you just scroll down to the psychic development class and there's a section devoted to like psychic tools etc and i do talk about the ouija board and what happened 
happened with my sister afterwards. I actually have some really cool pictures of a ghost that we caught on pic- on film. Um, so if you check that out, then you'll see what I'm talking about. You know what I'm referring to. But um, Ouija boards by themselves, are they're inherently okay. They're fine. But people, most people don't know what they're doing. So I always tell people, don't, don't use them. Just because you don't know what you're do- dealing with, you don't know what you're doing, you have no proper intention, you have no experience, etc. Just don't do it. Um, and the last group of questions comes from Bronwyn Sutherland. And she asks, um, do you think our lives are predestined or are there a multitude of outcomes? I think both. I, I do think that they are predetermined, I predestined. Um, so I believe that before we arrive here in the physical world, before I came down as Fernie, I basically sat down with my guide and I got with a group of friends over there, my soul friends, um, and I wrote out my life and what I wanted to experience this lifetime. And I, I wrote down or focused on major experiences, turning points, trials, issues, challenges, triumphs, etc. So I wrote all I wrote all that in set programmed all of that in so the fernie app let's call it the fernie life app and um, then i had to re- get it reviewed by the council or the the elders which is a group of older souls or energies that help us with making sense of our own um, paths and so um, i just ran that by them they got the okay my guide was like you're all good the people who were going to serve as my parents or siblings or friends or whoever here that i was going to have some major experiences with they agreed to participate and then you know came down and i you know am fernie so i think there's a lot that is predestined but once you get down here that's it's it's any any person's ball game at that point it's any in any person's field because it's like let's say i'm gonna drive on a sunny day um, and I'm going to use my my truck and I'm going to have this much gas in it and then I'm going to stop at these gas stations. I'm going to go to these locations. So once you get on the highway, you can run into a whole lot of issues while you're on the highway that you didn't plan in that are, it's more to do with free will. And so it's possible that I could, you know, there could be a... a um, an accident that slows me down. They, I could get detoured, get off the road, get back on. I could, you know, maybe race someone trying to prove myself. Um, I could run into some family members and feel very connected to wanting to stay riding along with those family members instead of going off on my own. It just depends. So once you get down here, it's anyone's, anyone's, um, game at that point. Cause you, you really run into the free will mode. So um, no, and the last question is, do you think it's somehow both? Oh, well, you already asked me that. Do I think it's somehow? Yeah, I think it's somehow. I, yeah, I think it's both. Once you get down here, it, it is what it is. Um, someone had asked me, and I forgot where I saw the question, but they had asked me if I see my own future. Oh, yeah, here it is. Can you can you foresee your own future? Um, I actually can sometimes, not all the time. Actually, most of the time, I cannot. Um, most of my future, most of what I've been able to see, most of what I've been able to experience is usually given to me. It's not something that I go looking for. So it'll be something that shows up in a dream. Um, if you heard of my first experience, um, having a psychic experience in the kitchen with the fire, um, I was given that. I feel I was given that premonition and prepared for it so that I wouldn't die. So I think that that's what that was about. So I think I was given the information. Um, sometimes in dreams, I receive premonitions about family members who are going to pass. Um, sometimes I will have premonitions about my own future, but it's usually in code. So it's, it's very much a dream that I have to interpret or break down in some way. 
Actually, Ed, my partner, has had dreams where he's been able to tell my future, and he's done that a couple of times. I haven't. So um, I don't really see my own future. I can't see what's going to happen in my own life. Um, and it's all based on the, the levels of um, objectivity. And I also go on, uh, go on, I go into this on my class on YouTube. Again, <laughs> another plug, check out the class. But um, I talk about the levels of objectivity, which is you are the center, and then around you, there's a ring of people that you put put your friends and family in and then around that there's another ring of people that are just complete strangers so the further out you are to the center the easier and better it's going to be to sense information because you have uh, you, you care less about the outcome um, that doesn't mean I don't care about my clients or I don't care about people's lives but I don't have an invested interest in their lives if something goes wrong something goes wrong that's their job to fix or to work on or to deal with so it's easier for me to be honest and to see clearly when it's something I'm not personally invested in when you bring it into the next to the to the to the the inner ring, which is my family and friends, it's harder because I care about my friends. I care about my family. I want things for them. I have desires for them. Um, and I don't want to see things about them. So it limits the potential of what I can, what I can and cannot see. I still do it. I've actually been able to sense more things for family than I have for myself, but if even then it's still very limited. And then the inner ring is myself and I have too much of an invested interest in my own life. I care too much about what may happen in my own future. So it severely disables me from being able to see clearly or function fully um, in that capacity. So that's pretty much um, what happens when you try to see your own future. So all right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to my podcast. I love you all. If you've never, again, seen my website, check it out, www.fernandmarone.com. If you want to have a one-on-one with me, we can totally get together and um, do a session. Um, If you want to follow me along on Instagram and on Um, Facebook, I'm there as well. And you can get those links through my website. Also, check out my YouTube channel and subscribe to the channel because I'm always releasing content. And I actually just met with a... um with a new video editor who's going to help me with some new upcoming content as well. So check that out. Um, And I look forward to our next get together. All right. Until then, bye-bye.